What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday of the Extremers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vito Inazelli and Michael Nowen. We have another great show for you today, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also give us a follow over on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Uh, we'll kick the show off right away with some news and notes from around the world. Obviously, we got the biggest talking point that happened just today. The UCL round of 16 had to be redrawn due to some technical issues, so to speak. Um, what's your guys' take on that? The first round matchups look pretty damn good the, the first time around. Yeah, I, uh, what on, exactly happened? Just to so, fill me in, please. <laughs> basically, Manchester yeah. United uh, got excluded from one of the pots after there was a mistake putting them in one of the pots to begin with. So like, you obviously can't play a team from your own group, but they were included in that bucket originally. So they pulled them out of the bucket, but they didn't replace them back into a different bucket to get pulled again. So it was it was just like a it was a cluster. It was a cluster. Not that it truly affected anything, but it potentially could have. Was it well, no, it did affect. Oh. Or was it like a UEFA? Like, hey. nah, yeah, it was their mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think originally United got paired up with uh, PSG, which, which we were denied a Messi Ronaldo reunion, I guess. But um, at least we get Sergio Ramos and Messi against Real Madrid. Wow, the script writers. Yeah, yeah, you mean Mbappe versus Real Madrid? Yeah, this is, that's the real lineup right there. They're gonna announce them on the second leg when they're home. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yep. Um, big names that did miss out on it: Barcelona, obviously the top dog right there. I think it snapped the seventeen uh, straight Champions League uh, knockout yeah. stages. Uh, yeah. Milan, Porto missed out. Dortmund came in third, and Atalanta as well. Mike's favorite team, and how to pronounce. <laughs> the draws are looking like Salzburg versus Bayern, Sporting versus Man City, Benfica versus Ajax. I like that one a lot, actually. Chelsea versus Lille, Atletico Madrid versus Man U, Villarreal versus Juve, Inter versus Liverpool, and PSG versus Real Madrid. Mm. Um, just kind of go through. We'll, have, we'll, have, we'll cover the um, all the Premier League teams real quick. So the first one up, we got Sporting versus Man City. Uh, Sporting came in second in the group behind Ajax, ahead of Dortmund. Sitting second in the league, tied with points uh, with Porto, just behind on goal differential. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it's possibly not a walk in the park as much as the maybe match looks like on paper? Honestly, I, I think City will – I mean, City should come out of this tie as winners. But I am watching Sporting in this Champions League so far this year, especially the last game they played. Um, they looked unbelievable, uh, especially Pedro Gonclaves, the one specific winger they have. Mm-hmm. That dude's unbelievable. He's probably going to get pulled to some top five team or top six, 10 team, whatever, in the next year. Um, at least as a player to watch if you're, if anyone is watching that game, but it's not going to be a walk in the park by any means. Like that team sporting is, is very, very talented to say the least. So. No, I, I, it's a walk in the park. I think it's an absolute walk in the park. Um, not be, not to take anything away from sporting. I, I know they're a good team. They wouldn't be in the Champions League and have progressed their group stages if they weren't. But, I mean, there's a reason Manchester City's the favorite to win this tournament based on the new odds that got released today, uh, even more so than Bayern, who, in my opinion, I think are the strongest in the tournament. Um, but Pep doesn't lose until the quarterfinals with this team, typically. So I think they have to get past this round, and then and then and then and then they'll face Bayern next round, and then you know you'll have your your classic. But um, I think this for this tournament right now, Manchester City is just it did look too good. They just look way too good, even without a real striker. Yeah, I, I mean that I'm, comes I, back to bite them later on. In yeah, this tournament. in the late in the later rounds when okay. when they have to get get to Bayern in the next round because by I think Bayern's going to progress. Um, I think that's to Mike's point is when missing a Lewandowski up top is going to start to hit them because Bayern is an entirely different animal than honestly, just about any team in the world at this point in time. You think Salzburg have a chance? Our boy Aronson to lead the charge? Unless they re-sign Hall in the January. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Or Salzburg. (laughs) Hey, good run though. Good run. Yeah. Fun while it lasted. Uh, then we had Chelsea versus Lille. Um, I'm not going to say Lille is the best draw out of all of them because they were champions of France last year, but they did top group G, um, but they are having a very tough domestic league uh, this year. They're sitting in 11th right now after 18 matches. Um, so if I had to pair up any of the four, I feel like Chelsea did probably get the easiest of the draws, yeah. in my opinion, at least. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, Chelsea are obviously struggling at the moment. It's 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 kind of reverted back to last year's uh, lack of goals up top, no attacking identity. Um, that was covered up in for the most part of this season by their wing backs. But with Chilwell out injured and uh, Reese James needing a break here and there, it's it's been a little slow going for them. I still think that they come out on top of this match. I think just too much, way too much depth in that team, way too much star quality. But defense has been sus lately. Yeah, Chelsea have ha- always had, not always, but for the last couple of years, have had a tendency to play to other teams' levels, um, especially when it came to playing, quote-unquote, lesser teams. And we just saw what happened with Dynamo Zagreb. Um, not Dynamo, Zenit, sorry. Zenit St. Petersburg. Um, it's, it's not, it's not going to be an easy match for them, but I, I think they, they squeak it out over two legs. Yeah, I can see. I guess, uh, Chelsea, I think, will come through, to your point, Vito. They have the talent. I think the area where they'll probably struggle is going up against a Jonathan David, going against against Wea. Hopefully, if he's playing and starting for that Leal team, um, I mean those two in particular, they're a great tandem to watch, and they're really fun to just see go after it. And I think in league, uh, Jonathan David and Tim Wea are more or less like the, the bright spots for that team in general. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Moving on, we have. The next two are definitely a, a lot tougher draws for the Premier League teams. You got Atletico versus uh, Man U. Atletico came in second uh, in Group B behind Liverpool. Wasn't the most convincing performance in the, from the Spanish champions, but obviously you got Diego Simeone, the home field advantage that they have. Never an easy out in the knockout rounds. Yeah, but but they have the one guy playing who owns Atletico. Madrid. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's Cristiano Ronaldo. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if – Look, if it was the Man U team, honestly, without Cristiano, I would and I would say Atletico. But the sole fact that he has that much experience playing against Atletico in such high-pressure games and consistently putting the dagger into that team, I, I don't see it any other way yep. where it doesn't ha- happen. Uh, and Ragnick's got the got them playing pretty decently right now. So yeah, he he's their favorite victim. He that's the the team he scored yeah. the most against in the Champions League, and I mean. He, Score against them pretty much all the time in La Liga. Also, um, I I think Atletico pull it off though. I they, I think they do. I think they have enough going on. I think Suarez and Griezmann are going to absolutely terrorize that back line of United, which is obviously their Achilles' heel. And when you have arguably two of the best strikers in the world. I mean, over the past five years, it's it's kind of hard to write them off. Simeone, Simeone will get his defense in check. I know Real just beat them 2-0, um, but that was with a great Benzema volley also. Um, it's going to be tough, to Mike's point, kind of up in the air, but I like Atletico Madrid for that tie. I don't know, yeah, I mean, Brown's still out, right? And then Lindenoff, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened with him over the weekend. I know he came off with some, I think, chest pains and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I didn't good. see the medical report afterwards, but. I'd imagine he's out for a little while as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, Harry Maguire. <laughs> Do not trust Harry Maguire. <laughs> that, uh, maybe go on the record saying that. But in the Champions League so far this year, Atletico Madrid just haven't looked – Shown up, really. They haven't shown yeah. up. They haven't looked convincing. And if we're going just on that merit, I don't know if they're going to beat a team. Like, obviously, Man U is no Liverpool. However, the new head coach of Man U invented what Liverpool does, that press. And if they keep pressing that – Athletic go back line. I think there's every possibility they could break him down. If, yeah, you know, and um, it does come at a, a decent time, a decent time schedule too. Because I mean, the the first round isn't until middle of February, and then the second leg is until, until the beginning of March. So Rodney definitely has time to start implementing his ideas and testing them out in the Premier League and in, and in cup competitions. I forget, I think they got knocked out of one though. Um, so he does have time to turn around. He can change his team in two months' time. I mean, there's enough talent on that field. That they can pick up new tactics pretty quickly is whether or not Fred's going to be able to execute. <laughs> he did score Big a banks. banger of a goal. He did. <laughs> he looks, he's looked good since Ragnick's come in. Oh. Then the uh, last matchup that we have, probably my favorite, at least for the Premier League squads to watch. Uh, you got Inter versus Liverpool. Inter is first place over in Italy right now, looking excellent over there. And then obviously Liverpool has been pretty much on fire. They ran through the Champions League group and then sitting, uh, they're sitting second, right? They're right behind Man City by a point, I think. Yeah, yeah by one by point. point. So, I mean, you can't get any better than that right now. Yeah, it's that's definitely the, the toughest tie, wouldn't you say so, for all four teams? Oh, out of all four, yeah, out of the four yeah. teams we're covering. Yeah, it's probably the toughest tie 
I would say it's the toughest tie out of like the knockout stages. I was just going to, I was going to ask you yeah. if that's what you thought. Cause that's exactly what I think. I mean, to your point, Steve, Inter's top of the league and they are just, just rolling, just absolutely rolling. Like maybe they'll have a little blip here and there with a draw, but for the most part, they've bounced back every single time. Like it's unbelievable, but Liverpool are one of the favorites for this tournament. I mean, it's, pretty cut and dry that it's going to be a great game I'm like choose his fucking face off over there <laughs> but I, I think I think Liverpool pull it off what do you guys who could take it for that I think Honestly, pool goes through I, I I feel like it's a late goal in the second leg I, I think it's bigger than everything they possibly can handle yeah. if not if not to go to extra time yeah I think it's going to be coming down to the wire too I'm going to go out on a limb here and I think Inter pull it off. Mm. I think Inter will just have will be a little bit better rested after the holiday congestion. And not to say Liverpool Liverpool don't show up in the Champions League, but I don't but know. That, don't. that Inter team is like they're playing out of their minds right now, in all honesty. So, so if there was one team out of the Premier League clubs in the Champions League right now that you think wouldn't progress past this round, it would be them Liverpool instead of Man United. I think both. I think both are equally. <laughs> I, I'd yeah. say Man U more than I'd say Man U more than um, Liverpool, but and not due to themselves either. It, yeah. It's completely based off the opponent that they're playing, right? I mean, I'm going to take yeah. Chelsea over. I'm over Leo and then Man City over Sporting any day of the week right now. Um, yeah, it, it's just you know you're coming up against a tall task, and not saying they, they're not capable of. They're clearly capable of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, any, anything could happen into like match like that. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to our Stars and Stripes section, uh, we cover the United States men's national team players all across the globe, standout performances, some crap performances, and anything else in between. We have first up, Christian Pulisic got a 90-minute run-in over the Champions League this past week in a 3-3 draw against Zenit, assisted the third goal of the match for Timo Werner, his second of, of the uh, game as well. Good to see him just get 90 minutes again. He didn't play in the weekend and stuff, but we'll work up to that kind of fitness level for him just yet. Yeah, speaking of Pulisic too, rumors floating, Barcelona interested. Do you guys think it's better for his development to leave or do you think it's better to stay at Chelsea and fight for the spot? I think for in pool six case, I would typically say you'd want to stay in, in the Premier League in a more difficult division when you're at that age, because you, the experience you're getting game is, is more exponential than in, in Barcelona where he might not get as many minutes, but due to his injury concerns, I think going to a league where you're not kicked around as much would probably be better for his long-term career if that makes sense yeah. um but it, do i want to see him leave the premier league no i i love watching him face tougher competition than what you were seeing in la liga so you, you see more dazzling displays but I, I i don't think it's a bad move for him even even given the state of barca at the moment really that's that that was my whole thing about it. i think he's better off fighting first probably with Tuchel right now a guy who's also given him a chance in the past and he's a lot younger and then just the turmoil at barcelona i feel like is the main reason why I probably wouldn't want to go there right now. Not saying he can't be helpful to turn around the club, yeah. but no, I don't, I don't mean in a sense, like I, I don't think, I think he should stay and fight for a spot, but if you're looking at, if you're looking at it purely from a career standpoint, if he stays in the premier league for a couple more seasons, you're probably going to see, you're probably going to see two or three less years of Pulisic at a high level. I mean, the, the guy can't stay healthy for half a season as it is at this point. Remember how often Hazard was getting kicked? It kind of feels like that watching him on the field in the Premier League. They know yeah. how to take him down because of his size. And I think you just get a lot less of that at Barca. So if, if he wants more minutes, I think he needs to be at Barca. But I, I do agree. If he wants to win, he needs to stay and fight for his spot at Chelsea. That's the only reason I think he's, it's even up in the air for him to make that decision. Gotcha, gotcha. The next up, we had a guy competing at right back right now for that number one spot, DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, Yedlin's looked uh, looked really good. Uh, two 90-minute performances. Uh, he was in the Europa League midweek and with a clean shooting against Lazio. Um, and then he, they, the Turkish side lost um, most tackles in both the matches, and he's more informed than Des right now. But, I mean, that's kind of a tough a tough comparison when Barcelona, again, is, is at where they're at. Um, but it's nice to see him playing to that level because we, we thought that's the level he was going to be at for a long time when he was in the Premier League and – and whatnot. So I hope he can bring that across to the national team with the next round of upcoming international fixtures. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Then we have Chris Richards. Yeah. Big 90 minutes for him. Big win where he scored the match winner in the fourth minute of stoppage time off a corner kick. 
Uh, I believe it was a, was it a header off the yeah, corner? It was a bullet yeah. header actually. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's awesome to see him get the first, I think it was the first goal of his Bundesliga career too. Um, so it's awesome to see, hopefully he can continue that momentum for the United States team down the line. So. Okay. Another guy we have, um, kind of been off the radar a little bit for the, the national team level because of his time, uh, over at Tottenham, he wasn't really getting much of it. Um, Cameron Carter Vickers. Yeah. I feel like we haven't said his name too much over the last, last couple of weeks or months, but he put in a really good performance, uh, recently 13 duels won. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I've heard of that many in a man a single match. Um, Seven clearances, three interceptions, four recoveries. So he was just kind of all over the place. A really, really strong defensive performance from him. Um, and it, that's great to see, knowing that we kind of have issues with, you know, exactly where he's playing right now on the national team. The last yeah. time I heard 13 duels won was at medieval times. <laughs> rooting for the Blue Knight. <laughs> the Blue Knight? Root <laughs> to the Blue Knight. <laughs> well done, Noah. Well done. Nice. <laughs> then some honorable mentions from just around the world. We had Brendan Aronson with an assist. Tim Ream had 11 recoveries and a 1-1 draw against Luton Town. Uh, James Sands, Sands played 120 minutes in New York City FC's final against Portland, where they won on penalties. Uh, Buzio, eight duels, one and nine recoveries, and a 1-1 draw against Hubei. And that pretty much kind of rounds off the uh, top performances around the world right now. Um, going to go over our weekly recaps, though, from the Premier League over the last two weeks. Uh, just going to kind of go through each team one by one here. Uh, first up was Arsenal. Up and down week for them. Lost 2-1 at the death to Everton, where Everton just exploded at the end with a Damara Gray banger um, to steal the victory there. But they came back around, revived themselves a little bit. Southampton 3-0 at the weekend. Um, looked really good in that performance. Yeah, that loss was a massive kick in the dick. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, not to, well said, Michael. Not, not to rub it in, but um, I mean, because they, they definitely looked like they were controlling that game for large portions. Then Everton just came back out of nowhere. Um, so it was good to see at least for an Arsenal team to follow it up with a win in general for Southampton. But Nice, nice ending from a Tottenham fan right there. Next up, we had Ashton Villa. Yeah. So they got a nice win over Leicester City. Um, pretty much, I believe that was right after the City the city loss. They had that game, correct if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, for Villa. So it's a good bounce back win for them and good for Stevie G and the, and the boys. Um, and then afterwards, they returned back to Anfield and he had a hurtful 1-0 loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, a couple games again for Liber- Liverpool, excuse me, for Aston Villa. Gerard's got the team playing pretty well for in general. Um, they're definitely making strides in the right directions from where they were earlier in the season. So it seems like the firing of, I believe, Dean Smith at that point yep. was, yeah. was the right move. Um, hopefully they're able to continue ascending in the right direction with Gerard. So, yeah, I think Gerard, honestly, I still believe Ashley Villa made all the right signings in the uh, offseason, but I think Gerard is the better manager for these players that they brought in. And it, it, it seems like a much more perfect fit now than what it, it did uh, before. Then we had uh, Brentford. Yeah, Brentford had a, a pretty good weekend, actually. Um, after a, a heartbreaking 2 2 draw, oh, well, I guess the draw came first with, um, oh my God, who do they play? Leeds. Leeds scored a 95th minute winner, and that that was tough for them. But I think Leeds did deserve that point. I don't think Brentford could be too upset with that, given that they were dominated for large portions of the game. Um, but the happy moment over those two, the two matches played over the last week was actually the win against Watford, which is, um, you know, a relegation contender at this point. So a mini slump for Brentford, but a big four to six points for them, and that they're trending back upwards again now. Yeah, they're sitting in tenth place now again. Yeah, so they're they've back up at, they're back up. Yeah, they have. Uh, they have two wins and a draw in their last four matches. So, I mean, that's, it's better than what it looked like, you know, a month and a half ago for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're going to bounce around anywhere between like ninth and 14th, the, like the whole year, like somewhere yeah, in, exactly. right in that range is constantly up and down just based off form and what's going mm-hmm. on and stuff. Yeah. Uh, next up we had Brighton at a one, one draw uh, very late on with Neil Maipa scoring an eighth minute of stoppage time, if I remember correctly. Um, fair yeah. result on the day for that one. Then they had a canceled match uh, against Tottenham. So with due to Tottenham's COVID situation right now, we'll get to man use later on as well. Um, good for them. Nothing crazy right there. I think they're sitting around 10th or 9th right now. So obviously not as high as they were in the beginning to start the season, but good for them. Top half of the table right now. Just keep it going. Uh, next up, we had Burnley. Oh, yeah. So they had an up and down week. Uh, lost 1-0 to Newcastle, which in all honesty was – a really bad loss for them, um, especially given the relegation battle they're in, which I now believe 
after the two games they sit in, I think the 18th They're spot. in 18th now. Yeah. yeah, so now they're fully in that battle. Uh, not to say they weren't before, but they also followed it up with a pretty sweet little nil-nil draw, a Sean Dice special versus West Ham. Um, getting the point that they need. And honestly, that's, you know, the Sean Dyche way. That's the Burnley way. Get the draws, get the points where you can. Uh, get the odd winner where possible. The Newcastle loss definitely hurt them in particular. But um, it's not a position they're unfamiliar with. So I think they're not – I don't think there's red flags that need to be sounding for them just yet. If, yeah, if there's mean, one manager I want in a relegation battle, it's that man. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not worried. Speaking to your point, I mean, they, they have the – they're tied for the most draws in the league right now, and four of their last five results have been draws, <laughs> That's which is that actually is pretty incredible stat. That's, that's consistency <laughs> right there, okay? That's, that's grind, that, <laughs> grind it out, baby. Grind it out. Yeah, but, I mean, they're the only two points out until they're out of that zone. So, I mean, they're, they're in a pretty good spot, I think. What do you think so? Think they'll crawl out? Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna figure it out eventually. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't see them going from, from 18th to 10th. They're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. 18th, 17th, 16th, maybe 15th highest, and they're just going to be in that range the entire season in dogfight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we had Chelsea. Chelsea, uh, two games last week, both against tough opponents, West Ham and Leeds. Both score lines 3-2. Chelsea on the correct and wrong side of them. Um, losing against West Ham was definitely a blow, given West Ham's a, a pretty close contender to snapping up that fourth place and kind of snipping at Chelsea's heels. Um, mm-hmm. especially with, with a late winner. But I think West Ham deserved that game. I, that was a freak goal, too. Do you think he meant that? No shot, no, dude. No not, shot. Not, not at all. You, you 100% he, take, that, yeah. you take credit for it, yeah. but you didn't mean yeah. it. That was like Papa Cisse from that angle. You know what I mean? Just the other side of the net. That's throwback did, right there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean to do that. Um, but, you know, Chelsea did come, by, come back against Leeds and have that, you know, tw- eventually went on two PKs by none other than their best striker, Antonio Rudiger. Um, who got fouled in the box twice and Jorginho converted twice. So he, he bailed them out. Um, I think if you're Chelsea right now, you're looking at that weekend going, okay, we'll take a three points, you know, there, but that could have easily have been uh, two losses back to back for them. So I think they they need to kind of regroup a little bit as a team, but overall not the worst week for them. Yeah. yeah at least felt unfortunate not to get anything from that game, in my opinion. And I, I agree. thought the second penalty, although I thought it was soft, Deserved because of the contact was a hundred like that's not enough to knock over Antonio Rieger. It's a, yeah, it's a penalty yes. by the letter of the law. But like, if I'm a referee, I'm not calling. If I see that on replay, I'm like, get out of here, no way. It it was an obvious area though, so you definitely can't overturn it. But yeah, like yes, you need some force to knock over. Yeah, you know, like exactly. a little tap on the ankle. That's all. So, but hey, props to him, sold it, got it. That's all that matters. Uh, then we had Crystal Palace did a one nothing loss, courtesy of a Fred goal. Um, there's a beauty didn't play bad in that game where they outmatched. Yes. I thought Manu's pressing was absolutely incredible on them and they just really couldn't yeah. break it too much, but um, turned around the weekend, three, one, one over Everton, Connor Gallagher with the brace looked excellent. Can dominate up and down yep. the field right there. Um, he's in my opinion, got to be by far their best signing and he's on loan. They ha- they should do whatever it takes to wrap him up permanently next year. They, they're it. not going to be allowed to Chelsea are going to take him back. Yeah, no way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's, there's no way. Send the kitchen um, house at him. If that was a revelation for, for that team. I'm if they it. handed out lone player of the year at the Premier League Awards, he'd win that at the moment. <laughs> but I, I think it wouldn't even be close. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. I think it's, what, I, three goals and six assists I, so far? I don't, I don't know why they don't do that. That's, that'd, that'd be a great award for them yeah. to like, actually give out as a way to and actually incentivize teams to loan and play. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> win an award? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, Palace in general, man, um, to Steve's point, the Man U game was – they definitely got outplayed in that sense. And the Everton game, I mean, they just looked like a team on a mission that entire game. Like, they were just totally hounding them. Um, Gallagher in particular, he's a hell of a player. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Then we had Everton. Yeah, the team that Crystal Palace beat. So, we kind of know that scoreline already. <laughs> um, yeah. But and also the Arsenal game too, more or less uh, the two one win against Arsenal, the comeback which we talked about, the thriller. Haven't heard Martin Tyler have an orgasm like that since the old <laughs> Aguero. <laughs> uh, it was pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, yeah. And then obviously they, they took a big old L afterwards. Did, did you think that win? Um, sorry, go ahead. 
No, good. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think that win against Arsenal, did you think that was going to spur them on? Were you surprised at the secondary I, event? I mean, I, I would assume, like, you have a, an emotional win like that where Goodison Park is, like, rocking. They're Literally like, shaking. Hug, they're hugging the fans. Like, uh, like they're, you felt, I thought someone was going to get punched. Richarlison mm-hmm. had, like, three goals called up for two goals. Yeah, there were, like, yeah, three. I think it was two, and then he scored the third. Well, okay. <laughs> so he had a hat trick, but just <laughs> – an unconventional hat trick. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really would have thought that was the turning point for them and, like, maybe something could spark for them. But, I mean, to follow it up with the performance against Palace, uh, something, I don't know, something kind of feels wrong with the team itself, or at least for Everton, in my opinion. They, I don't know if Benitez is the right guy, but um, they got to do something. So. Yeah. For a while, I thought it might have been injuries or maybe losing Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but – before that win against Arsenal, they went, I think it was, what, what did we tweet? It was a seven games without a win in the league. And that's the longest they've had a run since like, like that, since like 94 or, or something along those lines. So at a certain point, you got to look away from the injuries. Yeah. Do you, I feel like so often though, like also after a big win at a very high emotional level, there is yeah. a, a sort of a letdown sure. on the previous game, especially for like the first half hour. So just kind of get like re-energized and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. Maybe it's in the but, back of their mind, like that was a lucky one. If we're still in bad form, or <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's tough to call. But that, that's on the manager. I feel like because you have to kind of manage those emotions and, and get your team ready for the yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Then we had Leeds. Leeds had if that was a roller coaster game, Leeds had a roller coaster two games because <laughs> score a ninety fifth minute equalizer one one day, and then like four days later, go to Chelsea and lose on a ninety fourth minute penalty. Is and get into it, a fight. Yeah, and get into <laughs> a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's just Jekyll and Hyde emotions right there. That's that's not not great. Um, I don't think they. I think they're going to be upset they didn't get a point up from that Chelsea game. Obviously, especially considering they gave up two penalties. But given how Leeds have performed this season, and I think we've all on our greens drastically underperformed given the, the quality yeah. in that squad. Definitely. Um. I think this was still a positive for them. Not obviously not in terms of points because they got one from six, but they put in much, much, much better performances. And that's back-to-back games. They were able to do that. Um, and I think they're unlucky not to get two draws out of that, which would have been good for them. Very fair. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, that is telling of their team though, because I feel like they, in almost every game they play is just a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. So just to have that constantly, just, it doesn't seem anything like out of sorts for them. Yeah. And moving on, we had Leicester at a big 4-0 win against Newcastle, and the, but then a 2-1 loss against Villa. Um, again, story of the season, Jekyll and Hyde, they just constantly just up and down performances left and right. It feels like big win, big loss, big win, big loss. Eventually, maybe they might figure it out. I don't know. Maybe two big wins. Yeah. yeah. I don't, we'll see. I, I don't really know what's up with Leicester. They're, they're an enigma. They're the definition of inconsistency. Although at the same time, if they're that inconsistent, I guess it's consistent. Consistently inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> well, I mean, they are sitting in eighth place right now, too. Twenty-two points. Um, so it's not like they're too far off from potentially a European spot either. So yeah, and a big game against Tottenham coming up, who's three points ahead of them. So if they pull off the win against them, granted, Tottenham does have a couple games in hand on them due to the COVID situation. But I mean, no. you, you never, you never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. Then we have next up Liverpool. Yeah, two one nil wins, one versus Villa, one worse worth. Excuse me, one <laughs> against. I'm just going to change the wording there. Wolves. Um, <laughs> to, to, to today, Junior. Today, junior. I, I know. I thought their wins were hard fought, but my vocabulary and ability to speak is even harder. Um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, more or less, two wins against two tough opponents. It's the hallmark of a title team. Um, Sitting in second place now, one point behind City. They're playing very, very well. Um, good team football in general. There's not much to really say that's negative about Liverpool at this moment in time. So it's all positive yeah. in all honesty. Just like them too against Ashton Villa, or just like Chelsea had to uh, another penalty help save them, got them three points, and we're moving on to Man City next with Vito. But um, they had another very similar outcome as well. Yeah. Yeah, Man City. Um, that, that I would like to see this stat, but – it can't happen too often that in the same match week, all three leaders of the division needed penalties to win. Um, they had a really nervy game against Wolves, and it's so Ryan Sterling's penalty in the 66th minute or so 
to to find find the difference. But I mean, it was a difference. They held on for the clean sheet and the one-all win. So I mean, do you think perfect, that was a pen? I think I go back to the. I don't. It was I, the deserved result, though. So yes, I'm not like upset about it. Exactly. If it was the other way around, where that they, they were they were getting manhandled by wolves, and then that happened, that's a little different. I would feel a little bit, I mean, but they had that red card too. Shit. Oh yeah. Was, I mean, I don't know. Stoppage time of the wrong half to get that. Um, Is there a red card for Jimenez? I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Completely, yeah. like completely his fault in my opinion. I, yeah, and not to mention it, it wasn't a straight red. It was a second yellow. He was cautioned twice in one half. Look, that, within three minutes, not even. Yeah, within three minutes, but still, um, not even. It was one minute, I think. Yeah, I think it was yeah, thirty <laughs> seconds, really. Yeah, like if you get a, if you get the card and you're not happy about it, I understand that. But why why would you do that? You just you just lost the game for your team there. I'm sorry, but you did. Going yeah. down a man against Manchester City after a zero zero halftime, you put him in a really precarious position. But we're talking about Man City and perfect six points from six points, maintaining the lead at the top, looking. A little bit better than I thought they were going to look this season, actually, after the you know the whole non-striker Harry Kane saga. Um, do you guys think they have what it takes to go all the way still? Because I think one of you said they were going to win the league early on. It wasn't me. I was Chelsea. Um, I, I uh, They do have enough, though. Yeah. I still think they do. I think it's going to be a extraordinarily tight race. Like, we might be going back to the – I know we made the Aguero joke earlier about him winning, you know, against Manchester United at the 95th minute of the death. But I think we might be nearing one of those types of title races where it's just very much last day or second to last game. Like it comes down to that. Yeah. So Was it two years ago when the exact same situation was happening with Liverpool and city one point Liverpool behind him and they both won like nine games in a row for city to seal the title. Was that, was that the Gerard slip that year? No, no, no this the was Gerard, Gerard was years ago. That was, uh, <laughs> that was before was still there. Off. Yeah, no, yeah, this was a long time. This was um, the year before years ago. Liverpool won the title. Uh, uh. Uh, moving on, though, we have Man U. They seem to be back on track to one nothing wins recently, one over Palace, one over Norwich. Um, although, Nor- I, I thought both teams played, or I thought they were definitely better than Crystal Palace, but Norwich actually surprised me a little bit in that game. I thought they played relatively pretty well. Um, deserved to get anything? Eh, maybe not, but put up a much better fight than I honestly really expected out of them. But props to Man U. They seem to be back on track uh, after the manager switch and Ole out. So we'll see where it takes them. Mm-hmm. Then we had a big, big week for Newcastle. Yep. A good old win against Burnley, like we talked about in the relegation battle. And then a very humbling 4-0 defeat to Leicester. Uh, Newcastle still sit in the bottom of the table at 19th out of 20, uh, 10 points. Um, kind of not too honestly far out of the relegation zone itself. Watford's at 13 right now. Every possibility they could, I still don't think they will, just given this the team and the quality. But um, that win against Burnley, though, in particular, was was massive, absolutely massive for them. So, yeah, dug themselves out of 20th and puts themselves in you know a, one game out of switching up the uh, the table a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the relegation battle's tighter than the the, <laughs> the title race. <laughs> Definitely potentially. Um, moving on then also relegation candidates down there with them, Norwich city. Yeah. Norwich, uh, mixed weekend. They got spanked by a Tottenham team that looked to be, that was probably one of their better games of the season. I mean, Hungming Song put in a brilliant performance there, but, um, what was really disappointing was that end result against Manchester United watching that game. You just, I, I don't know about you guys. I thought they were going to be able to get the point off of that game. I did. They, like, they were playing well. Like they, they were yeah. playing well. It really took a wonder strike from Fred to to take that match from them, and I mean it's not it's not good. It means six points potentially, and then they get they get zero. I mean, was it expected coming up against the Spurs and Manchester United team? Yeah, probably. But um, being bottom of the table and tied with Newcastle for with ten points, I mean, one means the world at this at this stage in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all count the same for him right now. Uh, then we had Southampton. They were on the opposite side of that Neil Malpe late strike. They were there the 1-1 draw against Brighton. And then they had a 3-0 thrashing to Arsenal. Not the best week for Southampton by any means. Still sitting above the relegation zone, although not by much. Um, seems like they might be headed. I'm not going to say headed down, but they're definitely going to be within that race for the majority of the season, in my opinion, at least. Um, 16 points right now. 
five clear of the bottom, but it could easily swing very quickly. You think Ralph keeps his job by the end of this year for Southampton? No. Because I think they might go down. I think there's a a really good chance they're going to go down. If they stay up, though. Yes. You mean if they survive this season, is he going to be in charge next year? That's what staying up means, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about this season. Uh, No, I think you you have to get rid of him regardless. I mean, yeah, it's, it's on the hierarchy at a certain point because, I mean, Southampton's a perennial seller. Look, I mean, they could have, they had Mane and Van Dyke, you know what I mean, at one point in time. Granted, you're going to lose players of that caliber, but mm-hmm. you can only blame the manager so much. But when you lose as frequently as they're losing and as poorly as they're losing, it, you got to look at the manager. Okay, interesting. Moving on, we have Mike's favorite team, Tottenham Hotspurs. Yeah, 3-0 win against Norwich. In all honesty, it was a – it felt a lot closer than three nil and the scoreline I felt was a little bit flattering, but um, Spurs did play well in the second half in particular and eventually pulled away. Um, and then afterwards, you know, just as things are starting to go up and to the right, this is why we can't have nice things at Spurs COVID strikes. And uh, yeah, they're going to be out of commission for probably the next, or they have been out of commission the last couple games, including their conference league. There's every possibility too. the Leicester game might even be called off. So we'll see what happens. Vito's over there just giggling in your face. It's great. I was oh, thinking, no. I was thinking, I was like, he said up and to the right. I'm more of a down to the left type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the kind of that's the kind of show we're having here. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> over to you, Vito and Watford. <laughs> yeah, Watford, not a good week. Um losing to Man City three to one. I mean, anyone that comes up against City can for the most part expect to lose. So you can't be, you know, take that with a grain of salt. What really was disappointing was that was that match against Brentford. If it, I mean if it, if it wasn't bad enough for Leeds to lose in the 95th minute or fourth minute with a PK, how about Watford losing in the 96th minute from Brentford PK? <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they didn't play a bad game, honestly, overall. It, they, were, they, won, they were winning 70 minutes of that game. Brentford didn't get on the board till the 84th minute and then finish it in the 96th. I think mm-hmm. you have to be extremely upset if you're Watford, especially looking at that and going three out of six points is a good a good good week for them that's a good week especially when city was one of those opponents um do you guys are you a little bit getting worried about watford because i know we were singing their praises we weren't really sure if they were overperforming or underperforming you think they're getting back to where they should be or is it oh, a yeah 100 100 I, I still think they get relegated by the end of the season yeah when it's all said and done i don't think they have the quality i don't think the i think they have some experienced players on the team but they've experienced coach I'm just not who is a specialist in the relegation race, right? Yeah, by all by all means, but I'm just not sure they have the consistency to make it. And I think they're going to hit some type of slide probably pretty soon if it isn't happening right now. Well, and it is. That's four in see, a row. You're going to see that Burnley team overtake them pretty soon. If I had to take a guess, they remind yeah. me a lot of a like a poor man's Leicester right now. Not saying they it's constantly up and down with results. It's not like one big win, one big loss. It seems like, but they turn these random performances where you're like, holy shit, they're actually not a bad team. Like, what's going? Like, they can score two or three goals in a match, mm-hmm. and then they go on like a slide like this where it's just like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> back to normal. Yeah, it's, it's um, so it's tough. Like, they're definitely gonna be in the relegation battle, but I, I I'm kind of with Mike. I think they do. Go, I think they go down. I think so too. I think we, I, I think all three of us picked them. It might've been one of the only teams we've picked. We all collectively we all agreed on it. Yeah. I think I had it yeah. last, honestly. I mean, looking at the table too, the three teams that are below them, the Burnley, the Newcastle, and the Norwich, none of those three teams have lost more than two games in the last five and Watford have lost four of the last five. Hmm. So, I mean, you can see that the teams that are, are a little bit out of the relegation zone at the moment are starting to slide a little bit more than the guys that are down there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, real, realistically, I, I think, I, th- I think Leeds eventually pull themselves out, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I do at this too. point. I would say it's a very legitimate five team race to avoid relegation right now between Southampton, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. Mm-hmm. Leeds, if they don't yeah. start picking it up, possibly throw them in there as well. But I, I do think them and, you know, they should have enough talent to, get, to not worry about that, but who knows? So who do you think at this moment in time is going to be the three going down? Just, uh, just curious, just quickly. Norwich, Watford, and Newcastle. Okay. 
I think Newcastle is going to get out, but yes, I think Burnley goes down this year. No, nope. that's another don't day. speak. Don't, don't, don't talk about it. <laughs> uh, I'm with, I, I think I'm with Mike there. Yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle. I'm pretty confident in if any of them, I think make a late push. I feel like Norwich does have the best chance of doing so. Um, something about their team. I think they're actually relatively pretty good going forward. They just need to string something together. Um, Watford, I see going down. Southampton is a damn sure close one. I think Burnley is probably the highest out of the five, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay, cool. Just like strictly based off defense. Like I, I they can pull a nil-nil draw out of their ass any day of the week. Yeah, no, I, oh, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I just, I picked Newcastle a while ago to get out of there and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Man, it's weird. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Then we had West Ham with a massive victory over Chelsea, as we mentioned before, 3-2. Really helping their top four chances out right now. But they also followed up with a classic 0-0 draw to Burnley, Burnley, like we just mentioned. Can't speak like Michael, apparently, over there. <laughs> and uh, they they kind of do the same thing sometimes. They have these massive games and then uh, then a letdown. The way, man, do you think, man, you and them are going to are gonna end up flipping now? Because I'm feeling more confident in United over the last couple of games than I am West Ham. Yeah, uh, I think they're closing the gap pretty, pretty quickly. Um, they're one point behind them now. United in particular on a three-game win streak. Uh, West Ham draw, win, draw. In terms of form, Man U's kind of seems like they're catching, they're hunting. So I think they probably overtake him for that fourth spot. Long way to go. Yeah. Then last but not least, we got Wolves. We do. Yeah. Uh, lost one, <laughs> lost one nil to Liverpool, and then a one nil loss to the City, which we question, talked about with the questionable handball. Um, I felt like Wolves in both games. It's not like they got totally outplayed. It was more just unlucky. I feel like um, I still think they're a good team. I still think they have a, a strong side to be a mid-table team. Um, not the results they're probably looking for, but they definitely had two of the tougher games, obviously. Uh, that any team could have in the beginning of this like congestion fixture list. Yeah, they have so many one zero losses. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's at least uh, this five that I'm I'm actually aware of off the top of my head out of the seven. I don't know what the other two are. But I definitely five. I think it's seven, but they've also oh no they lost yeah no they've lost seven. What I'm yeah, saying is they, they, they I I know for 100 percent fact in my head they have five one nothing losses at least. Yeah, and they also have a couple one nothing wins on top of it. Like one zero is their score line. I, I might just start playing that consistently. I might just gamble <laughs> that nonstop. Yeah, they only have twelve goals for and fourteen just do, against. Do yeah. the under and all of their yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My luck would be like a forty two fourteen game at that point. I'm gonna just yeah, just start blind betting that every single week and just see <laughs> yeah. just see how the results come out. It's not a bad idea. Meeny <laughs> like miny miny, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, nah, they're going to push for Europe. I, th- I think um, they have more than capabilities enough. The right manager in place, the good enough players. Uh, just no more red cards from him and as up front. Yeah. Then we're right over to the bowl prediction section. We're going to cover the next two match weeks. We got some midweek games: uh, the Brentford Man U postponed due to a COVID outbreak. But then we got Norwich and Villa. Gotta take Stevie G. They they yeah. put in such good performances since he's taken over. After the run of form they were on, how they look now. Hard to pick anyone um, against them, especially is well, not hard to pick anyone against them, but definitely not the people in last place. Yeah, I would say Villa. Villa as well. Yeah. Uh, Man City leads. Man City. City. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Gonna be a hell of an open game. Take the over in that one, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then we go to Wednesday, Brighton versus Wolves. Brighton at home. Wolves bounce back from those two one ohs. Brighton four draws out of five in their last or in their last five and one loss. Really? Yes. I'm gonna say draw. I would I would say draw in this game. Kind of feeling the same thing. Feeling the same uh, thing? Yeah. Burnley hosting Watford. Neither team in good form. Burnley also draw four of their last five, and then Watford, as we mentioned, losing four of their last five. West Ham. Uh, well, that's not an option. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Glad you were I listening. Was, I was looking at something West Ham related. Go home, Vito. You're drunk. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, I would say another draw is on the books here. Yeah. I'm taking a Burnley 1-0. A Burnley 1-0? Um, Crystal Palace hosting Southampton. After a pretty big win, I'm going to take Palace. 
I'll take Palace as well. Another draw. Back to back. Load, load him up for Michael. Load him up. Last Another game on draw. Wednesday, we have Arsenal hosting West Ham. God, this is like my West worst Ham. nightmare. I hate West Ham and I hate Arsenal even more. Um, the way West Ham season's been going, the way Arsenal season's been going, I see this being a West Ham win, like a 2 1 win. So I'll take a draw here. We go West Ham win as well. Moving on to Thursday, we got three matches. Uh, Leicester hosting Tottenham if it is played. Spurs, baby. They got the rest. They got Conte making them run, baby, virtually on Zoom. Got to take Spurs. Leicester are coming off a win, so that does it. That is a valid, valid answer yeah. right there. That's the only yeah. reason I'm going for Tottenham. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the draw because I just can't give them the win. Uh, then we got <laughs> Chelsea hosting Everton. I'm going to go Chelsea. Chelsea. Yep. And then the last midweek game, <laughs> poor Newcastle after their first win. Uh, Liverpool hosting Newcastle. Uh, Tough yeah. one, but David versus Goliath. Give me the Reds. Yeah. You put you can put Jurgen Klopp out as the only outfield player, and they might win at this point. <laughs> That's a solid, solid midfield option, probably. Solid midfield option. Then we head over to the weekend games. Uh, starting off on Saturday, Man U hosting Brighton for the seven thirty morning. I kind of think that this is a game that Brighton is able to break down a Man U defense, and I'm going to say a 1-0 Brighton win in this game. Wow, okay. At Old Trafford, too. I like it. Um, This is why Mike's in last place. (laughs) Hey, man. Bold. (laughs) He is bold. Don't take this as any betting advice for people out there. Um, I'm going to go Man U. I just I like the way they're playing recently with the manager change, the high press that they got going on. They're finding goals from places they probably shouldn't find goals from, a.k.a. Fred. And uh, <laughs> Ronaldo Brace right here. Yeah, yeah I'm with you, Steve. Moving on, Aston Villa hosting Burnley. Draw. I'm going to say a Burnley win. You love last place, don't you? Uh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think you just love Sean Dyche. <laughs> also true. Also true. And we got Southampton hosting Brentford. Uh, I'm going to say a Brentford win here. I'm going back to a draw again for this. Brentford win. Uh, Watford hosting Crystal Palace. Taking Palace. 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 West Ham hosting Norwich. Oh, this is a tough one. No, I'm just kidding. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> uh, it's going to be West Ham. Let's be yeah. West Ham as well. And then the last game, the primetime one, 1230. We got Leeds hosting Arsenal. I actually kind of like that one a lot. Leeds hosting Arsenal. I'm going to take draw. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take a Leeds win here. I want I want to meet some leads here. I was very close to doing that as well. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the draw on this one. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a really good matchup. Feels like a complete trap game for Arsenal for some reason. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's kind of my thinking as well. And moving on to the last day of games, we have Everton uh, hosting Leicester. Oof, that's, that is just tough. Well, if uh, they Tottenham happened to play them and they happened to – beat tot or lose to tottenham then logic would state they should win Lester. okay yes. I like <laughs> okay i'll take a lester win as well i'm just gonna fill out our tracker for like the next whole season just gonna go opposite with them every single week <laughs> just knock their game no, out. no draws just straight win or loss every yeah <laughs> exactly then we got wolves hosting chelsea probably gonna be a very good game chelsea been lacking defensively lately and wolves love getting forward I think it's going to be a draw. I don't think Chelsea are going to figure out their attacking options in time. 2-1, Chelsea win. I'm going to go Chelsea as well, but very, very close. I really feel it's going to be a late goal, if anything. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle hosting Man City. They have a tough week coming up. Really tough week. Yeah, City. Yeah, it's going to be Manchester City. Over under four goals for City. Under, but... 
you know, I think they hit three. <laughs> I think it's going to be exactly four. I'm feeling at least at least four as, as well. And then probably the game of this match week, we got Tottenham hosting Liverpool. Oh boy, what well, a game! Steve, you don't have to give him any points this week. You don't have to pick them. <laughs> I think I gave him the draw last time. I know you don't. You don't even have to do that now. Good point. Liverpool I, win. <laughs> I think. I think it's a draw right here. I think it's a draw. This is a big test game for Conte in general. So yeah, like I first, agreed. Yes, first agreed. Big opponent they're playing. So they're going to come out swinging. I feel like so we'll see what type of mentality he's been able to instill on that team. Very true. Very true. Any other final thoughts for the uh, for the week, boys? I, love I was very upset that Tom Holland asked Mbappe at the awards if he wanted to join Spurs, and he said it was impossible. So very, very upsetting. <laughs> but a funny video. <laughs> <laughs> at least you have Spider-Man as a Spurs fan. I, I know. That's pretty chill. Yeah. Tom Holland's pretty good. <laughs> And I'm, I'm hoping he gets Thanos stabbed again now. <laughs> <laughs> no, just I was at a wedding this weekend and I spent a good 30, 45 minutes when I should have been mingling watching the MLS Cup finals. And congratulations to New York City for their first uh, first ever MLS Cup trophy. I didn't realize this Saudi, uh, the oil money made it all the way across the Atlantic, but it looks like it has finally. <laughs> they got uh, how many teams do they technically own? I forget five, six. One I know for a fact. One in Australia. One in Australia. England, one in America, Asia. And one in yeah. Wow. At least four. But same thing with Red Bulls. Red Bulls own like seven teams. Very fair. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode of the Sunny League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with Vito Anazelli and Michael Noen, signing off. <laughs>